Hi, my name is Blake, and I have just a quick note before we get started. Actually, it's more like a recommendation, because this podcast is an immersive audio experience, part fact, part fantasy. So it's best that you listen with your headphones on, imagination on, and everything else turned off. Welcome to Abandoned, the All-American Ruins podcast. Blake. Season 2, Episode 4. Julie. Blaker? Blake? Where are you? Are you still on the same floor? Okay, I think I can, I think I know. If you ever need me, baby, just call me. I'll waste no time, love. I'll come straight to you. All the river's wide, dear, and the road is muddy. Even if I got swim there, you know I'll be there soon. I love you like a garden underneath the rainfall. Moving off a heat wave in the summertime. Are you the kind of woman a man get used to? I'm a kind of man. I've been here before, alone, earlier this summer, 2021, over a year in. The whole pandemic thing, that is. The air is full and damp. It soaks my skin, then steams skyward as we prepare our belongings. There's a gleam in Julie's eyes, held hostage, willingly, by the fortress that is the Homowak. Homowak Lodge, that is. We both find the name of the abandoned Borscht Belt Resort, a fading jewel in Ulster County that sits rotting some ten minutes down the road from the Neville Grand Resort. Hilarious. Stupid. And very, very gay. Two immature queer folks who immediately realized a kinship the day we shook hands. A fierce, childlike kinship. This venture nearly didn't happen. Yesterday was a bad chemo day. I'm not concerned about her recovery from the big C, not nearly as much as I was. Not a cancer cell in sight on her latest scan. A remarkable sign, considering she was only diagnosed a few months ago, when the Hudson Valley winter still raged and vitamin D wasn't readily available in its natural state. But today is different. Today, Julie's wearing a wicked grin. It's a grin I know well. We've been dear friends for five years, and these adventures bring us both so much gratification. It's our third abandoned adventure together, actually. Twelve years ago, they vacated this massive sprawl. It's got stables, a pool, 
a sizable gymnasium, dome, skating rink, cross-country skiing, hundreds of rooms, and its centerpiece, at least for me, a bowling alley. Mr. John Q, because of a 40-hour week, has the leisure to dream about his favorite sport. The sport of bowling has certainly had a long and colorful history with many variations. Today, the 10-pin game invented by that unknown genius delights more than 20 million Americans who bowl regularly at least once a week. In bowling, who you are or what you are is not important. Your bowling average... It's tough to find someone with a hefty amount of Sagittarius in their chart who doesn't like to wander aimlessly through the world, aimlessly with intention. And as crucial as I know the dastardly chemotherapy is to her treatment plan to kick this fucker, I also know that exploring is equally important to her recovery. She is an expeditioner at heart, and it's a big heart, loud and rambunctious, unstoppable compassionate and kind to everyone she meets, and she knows everybody. One sunny afternoon far before the pandemic, Julie and I stood inside a bookstore in a cafe. Light poured through the windows and doors, and she got stopped by like a hundred people. And with each interaction... Each new person became the center of her attention. I watched with admiration. All she wanted to do was make sure each one of them knew that she saw them. Just as I know she sees me. under the ivy-soaked trellis on the backside of this abandoned resort, a large back patio that wraps around an entire wing of the main building and into the belly of an indoor pool. I pull out my new camera and begin to snap photographs of the empty hole full of artifacts from a history that is unknown to me, and yet, as always, it feels vaguely familiar. Julie plows into the depths of the damaged tile pit, calling out each and every item she picks up, examining them like an archaeologist who just made a pivotal discovery for human history. Anytime I visit an abandoned space, I like to imagine that I am one of the wandering phantoms whose untold stories are locked inside the walls. But Julie walks proudly through glass, inadvertently stampedes objects strewn about on the floor, and vocalizes each and every thought that passes through her head. Her illustrative and thunderous presence balances out my introspective and sensitive spirit. They complement one another because both of us possess highly active imaginations. Anytime we adventure together, this dichotomy works well. She's game, she's stoked, and I love it. We make our way down a series of passageways, inspecting rooms full of furniture, stocked up to the ceiling. 
Julie remarks at how fascinating this particular location is because of how much stuff there still is here, and I agree. At any given all-American ruin, one might find a few lingering relics from a time before ours, but not to this extent. We reach a second-floor hallway. I go one way, poking my head into an adjoining corridor, now only a skeletal framework indicating what it used to look like, maybe. There's a telephone strung up over a wooden beam, and I decide it looks like that mythical gang symbol when shoes are hoisted up and dangled over telephone or traffic wires, marking that a murder took place there. I start to ponder if any murders took place in the Borscht Belt, the true crime junkie in me taking over for a moment or two. Hey, do you know, like... When we reunite, she's got a million and a half stories to tell me about our five minutes apart, including a letter that she found in a room down the opposite hall. I'm thinking about just all the years, like this furniture is not like small potatoes, you know, it's like, it's like take, took time to... the heat of the late spring air that encroaches on the East Coast during this monumental heat wave gets to us. Julie requests a water break at the car, a chance to breathe without our masks out of the moldy air. Walking to the vehicle, we come across an old sign with mini golf course rules. We passed by a few signs in the resort which indicate the course is somewhere inside. I realized that a room we walked by earlier had outlines on the floor where putt-putt greens used to be. And later that evening, I find a picture online that shows what the course used to look like. The photo makes me sad. Sometimes this happens. This used to be a part of someone's world, and now it's gone. Especially in the middle with the... I know, that's... Julie and I bathe in the sun sip water, and laugh about queer culture, a typical thoroughfare of giggles between the two of us. Julie knows how to make me howl, and I her. During this ongoing treatment, I've watched her endure, in the throes of a pandemic, no less. I've been in awe of her steadfast sense of humor. She ruminates on her gratitude for the medicine of laughter, and I marvel at how much more actualized this already very evolved person has become over the last few months. Okay, so I brought these. She pulls out a selection of variously sized rainbow decals she picked up at the dollar store, just in time for Pride Month. We agree that our next stop will be the bowling alley downstairs. On my previous adventure, I came across a group of graffiti artists. I think we spooked each other, and though I knew they were probably safe, I think they thought I might be a narc, despite a clear lack of no trespassing signs, and the sizable holes in the lackluster fence bordering the property. Nevertheless, I didn't know them, and my fear got the best of me that day. Better safe than sorry, so I left far earlier than I wanted to, before getting to explore the full scope of the monstrous sanctuary filled with the ghosts of vacationers past. We head downstairs as Julie continues to voice her wonder about how much stuff just sits and rots inside this massive complex. 
I feel full of electricity, knowing that the bowling alley I'm about to show her is a stunner, but upon arrival, my stomach flops. Vandals have completely annihilated it. The conveyor belt gullies have been knocked over. All of the windows have been busted out, and any remaining bowling shoes, pins, and balls have been stolen. Even the facades above the mouths at the end of the lanes have been obliterated, and the ancient steel pin setters are all that remain. The lanes have also been heavily damaged, both by human hand and by nature. The ceiling above the center of the lanes has partially caved in from a winter full of heavy snow, ice, and high winds. Julie acknowledges my disappointment, but the kid in her still gleefully pokes back behind the lanes in the mechanical room anyway. I stew quietly. I will never understand. It's one thing to mark these architectural artifacts with a few tags, but it's another to completely ruin the experience for the rest of us. Still, though, I can totally imagine how destructive I would be as a kid. I can't help but agree. I would have been too. We snap more photos in the downstairs playground where we find a bar, another bar, a large fire pit, and a theater before heading upstairs and outside once again. After a valiant attempt to get on top of the tallest building on the property using various ladders left by previous adventurers, and wisely deciding there's too much structural damage to get up there safely, we mosey in the mid-afternoon sun down a path behind the resort. Julie openly contemplates about the community who have congregated during this health crisis, about how much of a change she's felt within her, about her love for life, and about how others have noticed the change too. She also opens up about how she's fallen even deeper in love with her wife, who has led the charge to rally the troops to lift Julie up as she wages this war on cancer. My heart melts and my eyes well up as she explains the strange joy that's come along with the immense pain. I feel happy and way more focused and grounded, like really grounded. And And though we don't mention it, I know that she's considered her own mortality too. It would be impossible not to. Things have gotten just so much more clear for me. We make our way to a huge warehouse at the back of the property, and I watch her pull her hat off and wipe sweat off her bald head. Her musings on life and death are amplified by this dead space, filled with the proof of former human life, which comes into full view upon entering the warehouse, formerly an ice skating rink. It's packed to the brim with mattresses stacked up on top of each other, and piles of chairs and all sorts of furniture. To me, These objects symbolize survival and humanity's impossible existence. What would I leave behind? I head upstairs to the crow's nest and watch Julie scavenge the arena, chuckling as she remarks on the vestiges scattered about. I'm glad I was able to share this sacred space with her today, because it's healing for me, too.
I know the day is coming to a close. We agree that our final stop on this particular quest will be the pool house sitting behind the ice skating rink. And again, as we reach our final destination, we are amazed by all of the things left behind, including a basement full of old skis and ski boots. I recognize a particular graffiti artist from other resorts I've visited in the Borscht Belt, a special little minion grasping a balloon floating up and away from the walls of each abandoned space. That's how I feel sometimes, too. Up, up, and away. Julie takes my portrait with my little friend and his balloon and showcases the vast landscape where the resort sits, rolling hills that seem to stretch on into infinity. I stare up at the sun and consider how lucky I am to know someone else who understands this powerful feeling of animoia, a longing for a time and place that isn't our own but somehow feels very familiar. In the distance I hear ATVs roaring around the ski hill, about a quarter mile from where our expedition ends today. I think about all of the specters who wander among us, not just in these relics of the past, but everywhere. If I really think about it, the fact that we happened at all is unbelievable. And as a species, we will never be able to determine how the impossible, our existence, happened. There are just too many possibilities. I reflect on my imagination, a healing destination, the medicine that nourishes my spirit as I continue to try and cope with the madness of this moment. The unfairness that someone like Julie has cancer. How fortunate it is, then, that the Homowak Lodge still exists. And how lucky we are, then, to have gotten to explore it together. <laughs> I take one more look at my friend, going on about like, how marvelous today was. I mean, and wouldn't you know? <laughs> there's a gleam in her eyes. If you ever need me, baby, just call me. I waste no time, love. I'll come straight to you. If you're just tuning in, welcome to the second season of Abandoned, the All American Ruins podcast. Join me every other week as I take you on an immersive sonic journey, recounting my expeditions of abandoned spaces across the United States, which I transform into fantastical audio experiences that allow you. Dear listener, to dive into my imagination with me, or maybe inspire you to go out and use your own. Next time, our first international visit, an abandoned restaurant on top of a large hill in Lisbon, Portugal, where I think about my friend Daniel, an artist in the Ukraine. If you don't want to miss it, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and please rate and review. It actually truly for real does help. Also, if you like to read or enjoy amateur photography, just know that each episode of this season is adapted from the original All American Ruins blog, where you can catch up on more of my adventures. Just go to allamericanruins.com, or you can follow me on Instagram, at allamericanruins. 
Abandoned, the All-American Ruins podcast is hosted, written, edited, and produced by me, Blake File, with studio space courtesy of Radio Kingston, WKNY, AM 1490, FM 107.9 in Kingston, New York. Special thanks to Ida Hakala, Jimmy Buff, and Manuel Bloss for the mentorship and encouragement, to you, the listener, for taking the time to explore these abandoned spaces with me, and Julie for her courage, bravery, and that gleam in her eyes. Thank you.